Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. I'm Ellie. And I'm Chris. What are and we talking someday about today? I want to be Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what are we doing is today, Ellie? Your, your face or mine? Yes, that's the question. Um, uh, let's do mine. I got a book that I want to tell you about. We talked about talking about books I don't know how much we'll talk about this book, but that's what I think is going to be the meat of this show is this little book that I have. It's not a big book. It's nothing uh, revolutionary, but it is a neat book. And it's one that has, unlike so many other books, has stuck with me every step that I run. How about that? I love books. Contrary to um Everything else that I've complained about in the past couple episodes during Corona, the hardest part is that my local library is closed and it's heartbreaking. So I love books. So I'm so here for this episode. So what book would you like to change my life with well, today, Chris? Well, well, let's let's save it for the meat, right? Let's save it. Let's save it. Oh, for, all right. Let's have a, a little aperitif first, a little uh, amuse-bouche, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's like eating a bag of chips before dinner. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what this is like. <laughs> Uh, okay so um how's your week been what's going on anything good yeah a lot of things good um this week i have decided that i'm going to add an interview series component to the trails collective and so it's been really fun just to talk to tons of people and just learn their stories. I really, that's my favorite podcasting to listen to. That's just what I like. And so um, when Ian and I talked about highlighting East Coast trail runners, um, he he initially asked if I would get, get like a soundbite or something from them or ask them to film while they're running. And I found that it was actually easier to schedule a half an hour to an hour interview call with people rather than asking them to film themselves while they're running or even just film a soundbite. And so since people seem to be more responsive and comfortable with that, I just sort of rolled with it. And I thought the interviews were only going to be like five to 10 minutes. And they ended up being, most of them are a half an hour. Last night I talked to Ben nephew for over an hour and it was the best thing ever. And so I've been really enjoying that. And we, I released the first one with Riley Brady, who um, is Amelia Kaufman, local trainer, her best friend. So she's introduced us and she's run Cayuga a couple times. Um, very talented trail runner. And she won the U Rock 100K last year. Um, so it was really great to talk to her. And so she was released on Tuesday on our Trails Collective YouTube channel. She, and she was released. <laughs> she, she I released she, the Kraken. That is Riley. <laughs> um, and, but now I think we're going to release episodes on Friday so that uh, I can preview, give a little spoiler in the new show that goes out on Wednesday. And I already have the next one up with a guy named Wesley Atkinson who won Eastern States last year. And of course, record time. Uh, that was a fun interview. He's a cool guy and he's only 21. So hopefully big career ahead of him. And it's just been really wonderful to learn, meet more trail runners outside of Rochester and Ithaca 
and um, yeah, it, that. So I think this is and learn iMovie, and it's just been fun. It's I don't really want to. It's not really a passion project yet, but I. It keeps the fire burning, keeps the stoke alive, and I'm I'm learning. So uh, that's and connecting, and that's what I like to do. So it's been and great. How are you releasing those? Are you releasing those on the Trails Collective YouTube channel? Yes, and. Yeah. I usually will remember to post it on the Facebook page too. Mm, mm, mm. Nice. You are a media queen lately. <clears throat> I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> you're getting into it, which is cool. And you seem to be, you seem to be getting into it for fun. Um, because let me tell you, getting into it for profit is the wrong thing. So getting it into it. Oh, heck no. Trails Collective, I say I'm interning. <laughs> I mean, it's intern. <laughs> and I mean, that's fair because I don't have any experience. I've learned iMovie from Google and it's still like a process. Hopefully my videos will keep getting better. But um, yeah, I think right now it's just, I want to share people's story. And I think Ian's sort of given me a little bit of a way and platform to do that. And what, and I like learning about runners and so I'm just going to keep it up for as long as I can and we'll see what's, we'll, we'll see, uh, what happens. So, yeah, it's neat. I mean, I've been interning for running inside out for five years now, so <laughs> it's uh and it is fun. I mean, that's what, that's what it's about, especially the trail running community. We love, uh, we love stories, right? And that's, what's cool. There's lots of different, different folks on the trail and it's kind of neat. So props to you, girl. Thank you. How about you? How's your week been? My week has been interesting. You know, same old work thing. Um, work seems to be sort of getting into a groove. So, you know, the hospital seems to be chilling out a little bit, sort of. We might actually be letting other people into the hospital again soon. So that's kind of exciting. I, uh, I uh, baked some bread. That was pretty neat. And yeah. then, then fresh off my success of not ruining two loaves of bread, I uh, baked some bagels. So that was good. Uh, we maybe we'll talk about that later. After you they know. look pretty professional. I yeah. was like, <laughs> well, that, that was the shot for the grams. You know, if I yeah. if I did it for the grams, that would be it. Um, but I've been running um, a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit uh, less distance, and a little bit more. I. Uh, Started taking the kids with me, and while I was able to get them to run for a mile, I'm able to get them to take their scooter for up to three miles. So they've been scooting around the neighborhood with me. We went over and ex explored a new neighborhood, and so we sort of did some scooting and some uh, running. And so I'm, you know, it's some eight to nine minute miles, three miles with the kids uh, three times this week. Uh, I saw the chiropractor twice this week and my got my back all sorted out. So now I'm just going to start easing into things. You know, it's been good. I got myself, I think, 13 miles this week, which means I could end up at 20 miles this week. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very exciting times for me. You could run a 100 miler. Uh, well, yeah. Did you I see mean, that meme from Alternating Meats today? <laughs> with, the, with the Coke and the, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Mentos? Yeah. Yeah, I probably watched it four times. 
straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I felt at Oil Creek uh, when the rain started coming down. Ooh, yeah, so that's my week. I'm running, and you're a media darling, and so we're uh, we're good to go here. Everyone now knows that I wear the same shirt every day because it's the same. I know. I was like, this is the same thing in every video. Maybe they just think you shot all those videos in one day. Let's let them think that. <laughs> Let's do it. <sighs> all right. You want to talk about this book? I'm ready for books. All right. So this book is a small book. It is, uh, can you see that? Oh, I see a, a man. A man. Nope. Oh, yep. yep. So it is called it is called Running on Air. And I have read it. Yeah. So while the title may be a bit uh, a revolutionary way to run better by breathing smarter, I don't know if it's uh, whatever, you know, titles got to be titles, right? They got to get you to pick the book up. Um, but you've read this book. I have, and I've listened to a couple interviews with the author because it's a couple years old. So he made the podcast rounds a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. This is definitely old. I think this is probably 2013, maybe. Let's see. Mm. Who's the author again? Bud Coates. Yes. Yes, yes. this is 2013. He made the podcast rounds. And yep. so, yeah. So I, um, there are things in this book. When I first read it, um, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know if it's a book like there's some things in here about calf stretching and there's some things in here about like runners stories and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what though? Actually it is really good. Um, I don't know if it's 250 pages worth of like, boy, I'm going to put this all in my back pocket. But like I said, um, this has stayed with me every step that I've run since I've read it. The odd numbered breathing. Um, he talks a lot about. So the idea is, he was getting lots of injuries when he was younger, and he couldn't really quite figure out why. And you know, there's always a turns out, and it turns out that his injuries were always on one side of his body. And he somehow learned that he, whenever he was exhaling, he was landing on that side of his body on that foot. So he started. He devised this pattern of breathing so that your exhale, you land on alternate foot. So you take three breaths in as you're running one, two, three, and then you breathe out one, two, and that puts you on your left foot. Take three in, breathe out two, that puts you breathing on your right foot, right? Kind of hard to explain, but it, it makes sense, right? Three steps and three breaths. The fourth step is going to be on one foot. You do an odd number again. The other step when you land is going to be on your other foot. And what he was basically saying was your diaphragm and all your core muscles, they're changing. And so they, when you go from an inhale to an exhale, you're relaxing and reversing all those muscles. And you're basically weaker when you hit the ground. And then he's got these stages, three and two, two and one, or one, two, one, one. So the, the point being that I started taking that breathing pattern and you do those different levels based on your exertion. So when I'm running uphill and it starts to get tough and I'm doing that three, two, I know, wait a minute, I need to switch to the two, one, or I need to switch to the two or one, one, two, one, one. And honestly, that has, I don't know why it just has stuck with me. And so you change your level of your breathing based on your exertion and you sort of uh, 
you can tell your exertion, you know, and he's got their stages within the stages and blah, blah, blah. But the point being odd numbered breathing patterns um, so that you're alternating your exhale and your landing foot and then changing that pattern to accommodate more breaths in per minute as you're running harder. So, um, yeah, so seven years, that lesson has sort of stuck with me. Is it also, do you find it's also like a, because running up a hill is pretty, is kind of hard. So it also gives you something to focus on until you get to the top of the hill. Absolutely. And it, it gives me an idea when I'm trying to pace, like when I was trying to pace in my marathons, if I ever found myself feeling like I needed to shift from the three, two to the two, one, I was going too fast, right? Because I shouldn't be running that hard in a marathon when I got 24 more miles to go. So it gave, it always gives me something to think about. Like, am, am I running harder than I want to? Or if I'm running and maybe it feels hard, but I don't feel like I'm running fast, then I check my breath and go, oh yeah, because you're only doing three, two. Instead, do two, one, and now I have more oxygen and I'm running better. It's not like a constant, I'm counting my breaths all the time because I've been doing it for a while. It just sort of gets into you. Like we like to count. You know, that's what runners like to do. We like to count our splits. We like to count our miles left. We like to, we do all sorts of counting and math in our head when we're running. And so this is just, I have a one, two, three, a three, two, one, a two, one, one, you know, I got them all in my head now. That's pretty cool. Cause yeah. it's like also an automatic thing to help reset yourself. Yep. I like that. You should remind me of that tomorrow night, not <laughs> tonight because tomorrow I have a workout in the morning, so I'm not going to be focusing on one, two, two, one, two. I'm going to be like, I should probably be running faster right now. Right. Um, But I have a long run on Sunday, so maybe I could practice it then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he talks about a lot of track athletes, especially because you're running faster, you have more impact and your core is more necessary. And that's what he was. He wasn't a distance runner. He was a track runner. And so... Um, for me, I've always had problems with my left hip. Like that's what originally drove me to my chiropractor was my left side, my left lower back, my left hip. And since then, it has really, since this and going to a chiropractor regularly has really mitigated those issues for me. Now you're, you know, going to be, like you said, it's during a workout is probably not the best time to learn it though. <laughs> like that's, Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's funny you say that. I have the same, like my left, like glute hamstring, hamstring area, uh, is like more sore than my other side. And that has made me spend a lot of time on the foam roller, mm -hmm. <laughs> not the chiropractor, but you know, the poor man's chiropractor. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's something that I just need to be aware of. Whenever I get done with a run, when I'm like, ah, I just want to eat breakfast. I don't want to do these like cool down stretches. But like every time I'm like, nope, I'm just doing them. That's why I do all that stuff is because I know that like when I don't want that to be a limiting factor, I'd rather my like me not being fast enough be a limiting factor, not something that I can manage. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And like I said, I mean, it's not, I, I don't know that I'd call this book revolutionary, but I often tell people if you read a book and you get entertainment out of it and then you take one or two things away from it, it's a good book. 
And so I took a thing away from this and it's, you know, it's a good book. Um, so, you know, but doesn't his name, Bud Coates think like you're probably the coach of the bills. Like, (laughs) I mean, when I, when I was like, his name's Bud Coates, like interesting. Well, there is a, there was a Ben Coates, right. Who was a, um, a football player. So yeah, but he's a, he's a two thirteen marathoner. So, you know, four time qualifier for the Olympic trials. Oh, he's beating me. Well, you know, he's got a few years on you, so. True. You'll you'll True. end up being four time Olympic qualifier. But I mean, I uh, I don't. Oh wait, I was gonna say I don't think he survived a pandemic, but he's probably not dead, so he probably is surviving a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, you millennials. Um, well, I have a problem picking like favorite books because uh, I love all books, and I don't reread books because there are so many books that it's my nightmare that I won't be able to read every single one of them. So I have to keep picking them off. I can't reread, but there is, so I'll do two. One is more like story and the other one is more training that I will reference sometimes when I feel a little bit lost. Uh, so to train for the Buffalo marathon last year, I used run faster by Brad Hudson and Matt Fitzgerald. And they both explain all the principles and then they give you different marathon plans in the back. And I followed the advanced marathon plan because high on my horse back in those totally days. Advanced. <laughs> advanced. Uh, super advanced. And um, it really taught me like how the importance of doing the little things like strides after a run bef- the day before a workout or like you're like your um, Wednesday run the day after a workout, you should pick up the pace at the end or um, doing just little speed repetitions in your long run. Um, It's sort of just like I started doing them and then I could go back and reference why I was doing them. And even though it is kind of sciencey and I don't remember exactly why I, those I'm less likely to brush off those things when they're in the plans that I steal from my teammates. So uh, yeah, I will always, when people ask me about plans, which people do, I just will reference that book saying, this is how I trained for the Buffalo marathon. And, um, yeah, so that's the one training book. And then the story book that I like the most that always gives me goosebumps because I can relate so much, even in my own small way is once a runner. Have you read that? Yeah. I love that book. It's so good. The Trial of Miles. And I just remember reading that book. And I was at that point in my Buffalo Marathon training. And I was like, finally, someone gets me. Where can I find Quentin Cassidy, who's a fictional person? (laughs) And um, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's uh, John John L. Parker. Yeah. And um, I really just enjoyed that book because I feel like it was written before most athletes were raw about training. Like it sounds, I think people can talk about training so ambiguously and that, yeah, it's really hard or like, you know, but I think he got into the raw emotion of what happened. Like, it's so funny to be, to, to be in the thick of training. You're very stripped down both physically and emotionally. Like you, I felt I sometimes will feel so emotional, but 
like I could cry very easily, but not like emotional in relationships because all of my energy is devoted towards this other goal. And, um, it was, he just explains that process and how it's just a stage and like, he just explains it extremely well. And I just really resonated with that in that time. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, after born to run, you should read this book. (laughs) Yeah. The thing I like, uh, there's, there's a phrase from, uh, once a runner that sticks with me all the time. And I don't know why it's, it's probably inconsequential to most people that read it. Um, it was one day, like, uh, it was before, it was a night before one of his big runs. And it, the, I think the phrasing goes, he lied in bed with his heart pounding at a rhythmic 26 beats per minute. (laughs) And I'm just like, my heart, if my heart was 26 beats a minute, somebody would be giving me CPR, but it's just one of those things. Cause you know, at that point I was like, I was listening, I was paying attention to my heartbeat and I had like my, my resting heart rate might be at around say 60 and my sleeping heart rate might've been around 55. And I was like 26, this dude's a stone cold killer. (laughs) Yeah. And I like how he talks about just you're sometimes in training and you might even, you get a little depressed Mm -hmm. because everything is, there's so much importance on this race or, you know, or something, but it's not, but also in the grand scheme of life, you know, it's not a huge thing. Thing. Like it's just, it's just a race, but also you're putting so much energy into it. And like, you've had such high highs and such low lows that there's just a week or so where you're just so invested and everything just seems like very emotionally heightened, but also you're sort of like a limpy bag of pudding when you're not running. And it's just a very interesting time. And I remember experiencing it and having him describe exactly what I was feeling. And it was just Another one of those, what I like, you're not alone. And there are other people going through this too, which I think now with social media and especially with like, I think the NAS elite um, team, the women do a very good job at at expressing what emotion and what they're going through in their training and stuff. But when I first read that, I wasn't deep as deep of a nerd as I am now. So it was just the first, um, the first expression that I had of that. Well, and I think one of the things is he is mostly alone in his training, right? He is this, he's putting in this work, not necessarily with a team, you know, because he's looking at a different level that nobody else is looking at. And, and he is sort of isolating. And then at the end, what, you know, at the end of the training cycles, what's it all for, right? I've beaten my body into a pulp and I don't have people sitting around telling me how great I was working hard and how I'm a wonderful, you know, it, it is, it's really interesting. It is the trial of a, a runner, you know? So yeah, that's a good book. Definitely. Um, it's interesting because I, I have, I started listening to the audio version of once again to Carthage, which is the follow-up book to that. But, um, it follows them as they all, after they all left college and everything like that. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know why I never finished it, but um, 
a book I did order this week that I'm waiting to come. Um, I bought a paperback book because I was tired of waiting, as you said, for the library to open. And um, I can only listen to so many audiobooks because I got all these podcasts I got to listen to. Um, I ordered a book that uh, Davin Oskvig has been recommending to me for months now and keeps asking me, did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? And it's called um, On Sundays We Go Long. And, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, and it's basically, uh, you know, 40-year-old dads uh, trying to sort of like, this is how, this is their social group and how they keep themselves together. And it's their, you know, it's their, um, it's their brunch in a way, you know. Um, but it is these, these men, like, they were really, um, had talent, uh, but then they, also wanted to be successful in life and they had enough talent to where running wasn't going to make them super rich. And, but they've, um, training and racing together and they have these strong relationships, but they're competitive and, you know, it's all them trying to live life and, uh, running long and relating to each other through it. So that's also good. I probably like that book too. I just, I just like learning about other people's stories. Like really, I used to love when I was little going to visit my grandmother at the nursing home, not for my grandmother, but because all the other people were sitting in the like lounge and you could get someone to talk to you for like two hours. <laughs> it was great. And, um, I actually had a random, like, I kind of want to do that again, but I'd probably like kill them or something because I would breathe on them. Um, but I just really like listening and learning about people and finding out what makes them tick or, you know, what their beliefs are in like, I, I loved talking to, um, Ben nephew last night, just about his history and his philosophy and training and, because I can pick up just some little nugget and maybe the next day I'll like Im implement it on my run or like, you know, think about that while I'm, if I think something's too hard or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just, I like it. I like, I like learning about other people. I would rather have somebody tell me about them than me talk about myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can go to nursing homes and I bet you there's a ton of people that would be like so excited. You just got to wear yourself a mask. You bring them some day old bagels that they can chew on while they uh, tell you some stories. Or I could Zoom call them. <laughs> yes. Yes, you could. Um, I'm getting good at that. You, you are a media darling, as I've said. Oh, God. You stop picking on me. I'm not. I, I love that you're getting, I, I called Greg Casto at Rochester running company, a media darling too, because he's totally like neck deep in it right now too, which I love. I mean, I've always said the best thing for podcasting and for running inside out is more podcasts. Like everybody should like them. Everybody should do them. Like, yeah, the more stories, the better. Everybody's got a thing. Let's let's hear it and listen to it. I may not get to listen to every podcast, but I love that every podcast exists. I think that's another thing I loved about the Olympic trials, and just because every athlete has a story, and I think this time around, media outlets and 
everybody just tried to tell as many stories as they could. And nobody's was better than anybody else's. It's just everybody has a unique story. And why not share it? I'm here for it. I read every story. Like I had before this coronavirus, I hadn't watched TV in like two years because I would rather read these stories. Yeah. It's more influential to me. I don't know. I can, when I read it, I remember it better. And so I'm here for the written word. Right. So we got, we got four books there. We got two training books and two story time books. Do you have any other books that like, Maybe they're not exactly running specific, but maybe training related or like life related that have really influenced you in some way. Do you want to do those now? You want to save those for? Uh... Oh, yeah. Let's save those for later because I want to get into the food segment and we're going to describe baking bagels to. Yeah. So, so hard. Right. Let's transition. Uh, hard left do, turn. Do, 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 do. All right. Uh, grub. Um, so yeah, I decided that I was going to, um, get, just do something with my time. And I had been telling my wife that like, I just, I stopped cooking so much, you know, and I used to back in the day, like, I think, you know, I was talking about before when I was really training for races. Well, I was also really paying attention to what I was eating and really preparing my food. And I would have smoothies that were balanced with antioxidants and vitamins. And I had like I was caring about it all. And um, I, I used to use scales and all the things like I, it was it was a thing. And I stopped doing it. And I was like, I need to get back to it. So being the the thing that it is these days, um, we bought this bread and I was like, ah, oh, this bread is just gross. But it was the bread that was there, you know, and I was like, yucky. I wonder how much of this is actual literal sponge and how much of it's bread. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to bake a loaf of bread. So I did. And it was good. I was like, hey, I made a loaf of bread. And I was like, well, you know what I really want? And there's a place in Rochester, Ellie. You've been there. Balsam, Balsam bagels. bagels. Oh, the best. And they I got was, vegan locks. They do vegan. I get a vegan. Uh, they got vegan locks. I've had the, I've, I go there and I get two sandwiches. I get the vegan locks and then I get a vegan sausage, egg and cheese as well. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everybody that goes to strong hearts. It's like you get your meal and then you get an egg trick muffin just because you want it. Yep. And so I was like, you know what? I, I need one of those. They have salsa bagels. And I was like, I need a salsa bagel. <sighs> So I decided I was going to make bagels, but salsa bagels means you're going to make the flour more wet, etc. So I went with, um, well, I'll make some bagels for the kids. So I went with cinnamon and sugar first. So I made some sh- cinnamon and sugar bagels and I did the whole dough thing. And that was crazy. Like, you know, just making dough. And I was like, that's simple enough. Added all the cinnamon and sugar, like guesstimating. Does that look good? Does that look good? Then came the fun part. You got to like, turn them into bagels and I don't have a bagel turner into her. So I did a thing where I made the ball and then put dough on my finger and stuck my hole in the middle and like spun it around. And so I just made this like little hula hoop on the counter. And um, then I, you, you let them sit for a little while and then comes your test of will. Can you boil the bagels without That's screwing That's the hardest part. <laughs> yes. And so I got, I just basically had a saucepan 
And um, the recipe that I read said that they had tweaked it a number of times and they went through this, um, you know, if your dough is room temperature, if it's cold, if it's risen, if it's not risen. And they came out with the best amount of boiling was 15 seconds and then flip in 15 more seconds. So many recipes I read were like one to two minutes and they were like, that's crazy. So I did their um, 15 seconds on one side, 15 seconds on the other side, two bagels at a time. And then you got to spray them when they're baking and everything. And um, you know what? The best compliment I could have got was the kids uh, ate all of them. And my son was like, dad, this is better than any, like you could sell these in the store, you know? And so. Do you want a job? We are on a hiring freeze, but (laughs) when we're done. (laughs) Um, So then I, I got some guts and I made the salsa bagels, you know, and I threw a half a jar of salsa into a half batch of flour, um, added a little bit more flour to it because of the wetness. And I made some salsa bagels. Unfortunately, because I don't have a giant bagel oven and all that stuff, that dough rose too much while it was waiting for the other bagels to finish. So it got, they got a little bit flat, you know, in the process, but they were still yummy. I had, I had a, um, a bagel sandwich the next morning, you know, I made them at like nine o'clock at night. So, cause work and all, but I had one the next morning and my wife took some of the uh, extras over cause they were obviously going to go bad over to the neighbor. And the neighbor said, um, her son never believed in salsa bagels or flavored bagels at all. And he actually ate two of them. So compliments wow. all around. Good job, Chris. <sighs> After yeah. just um, macro bars and beer, now <laughs> we are actually eating real food. Well, we're eating all-purpose wheat flour so yes. <laughs> and salsa. That's wonderful. But it was fun. Um, and I definitely want to... I think it would be very cool to have that sort of as a thing in my back pocket. Like you go to a family holidays and everybody brings, you know, a jello mold or like a, a pie or something. Ellie and, brings something expired. <laughs> and I bring a tray of dough and I say, tomorrow we're going to have fresh baked bagels. All right. Well, you're already invited to my holiday party. <laughs> uh, so what's your food uh, food, fa- food fixation this week? Oh, yeah. So I've actually lucked out a little bit. So um, I actually was like, I, I re- my favorite breakfast pastry is a scone. And I normally have one um, in the afternoon as like a snack. And but we had been getting we've been selling out for the past week at CTB. But I, I uh, walked into work on Wednesday and there was a bag of scones that my coworkers from other locations had saved for me. And so Aww. in the past three days, I've eaten seven scones and um, they have been delicious. They are coconut raspberry and high quality. Uh, and then I've also actually been... Um, prepping overnight oats the night before and eating them for breakfast. And I like when you can, you can have yogurt or you can have overnight oats and like overnight oats are just so good. And so I've been very thankful that I've had like remembered to mix almond milk and yogurt and oats and chia seeds together and have it the next morning. I was going to ask, what are you putting them in? So you're doing chia seeds. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that was one thing that I used to, that was a thing, again, when I was on my game, that was a thing I was doing, you know, and I started doing, I would put some powdered peanut butter in them, you know, and I would. I just pe- do the regular peanut butter on top, like the, the drippy that I get from Bertrand. Yeah, yeah. On top, some blue, some frozen blueberries. Money uh, in the bank. Living. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so I've had a pretty delicious week, and um, I I see you have too. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing. We're doing all right here. I mean, yeah, I got some bagels and some bread. Um, I uh, I was looking for a project for this weekend, and I might do blueberry muffins. I gotta I gotta fight my daughter for the remainder of the blueberries, though. Oof. It's it's funny during this whole um, pandemic thing, you can find fruits and vegetables. That's not a problem at no? all. No. <laughs> And if you go at the right time at all these, they're all like half off. That's why that's how I stocked my freezer. Yeah. I was like, well. America's a strange, strange place. The shelves are empty, but you can get all the produce you need. I'd say that's better. I mean, start start fixing our health now, I guess, with the fresh fruits and veggies. We got all this fresh air out there. Ain't nobody uh ain't nobody rolling coal out on the highways, so Yeah. It's pretty good. You know, I mean, you got you got to try to find the uh, bright spots of this whole dang thing. Oh yes, I I think that's true. That's true. <sighs> well, we did it, Ellie. We did it. We did it. Uh, so you can find us at Hamstrings and Heartstrings on Instagram, and you can find Chris at Running Inside Out, and you can find me at Gazelli, and also my pet. Another thing I'm working on is the Trails Collective, mm-hmm. and. Chris, any other projects you want to plug? No, I think those are enough projects. If if we are helping you fill your time with these projects, and uh, that's really great. And if you appreciate it and you um, have a little extra cash to kick uh, our way, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash hamstrings and heartstrings. If you don't have it, and we totally get that, but I uh, want to put it out there for folks that... Um, are looking at that. All right. Books, bagels, bread, oats. I think we, we knocked this one out of the park. We knocked this one out of the park. We really did. We taught people (laughs) how to breathe, (laughs) how to breathe and eat bagels. Come on. It's a, yeah. I mean, (laughs) you should breathe while you're eating a bagel or you're going to have some troubles. I know. I've, I've like tried to mouth through a bagel without breathing. It's not, it's not a pretty sight. All right, Chris. Good night. Deuces.